2: you're listening to the pastor scott show podcast have any questions or comments email pastor scott now at pastor scott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m and now here's pastor scott Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, Good to be with you today as we are each and every day from three to five, talking about issues of the day from a Christian perspective. Hope you're safe out there in the rain and in the San Diego tornado, which didn't really happen, but they got a warning, got a crazy warning down there telling you to get in the basement. (laughs) A friend of mine said, yeah, the five of us are in our bathtub wondering what to do, which uh, you know doesn't help you probably in that case. Anyway, that didn't happen, but I know there's lots of terrible flooding in uh, all around the Southland today, so be careful out there. Uh, One of the most important things that we are struggling with, I think, in the culture today is in critical thinking. The idea that sometimes we take what somebody says or something, you know, from somebody that we trust usually, and we just believe it and we don't ask questions. Or we get in what's called groupthink. You know what groupthink is, is that you are... Part of a certain way of thinking or a certain group of people and you're trying to uphold some kind of morality or some kind of, you know, politic or some kind of something. And so you just always take every piece of information that you have and turn it towards what that group thinks rather than what might actually be true. And there is a viral video going around of a teacher who ends up having a discussion with a student. And the student asks a question about Harry Potter writer, J.K. Rowling. And if, I don't know if you're aware, but there's a controversy that uh, she's been dealing with for a while. And this is how this conversation begins in the classroom.
3: Do you guys want to
4: talk about J.K. Rowling? Is, is that, so what's going on with that? What do you want to know? Uh, she's, she's had a pretty controversial past. I just want to know, like, what are your thoughts on it? And like, do you still like her work despite her uh, bigoted opinions? So let's get specific, though. And let's define bigoted opinions. What
3: opinions are bigoted? We're going to treat this as a thought experiment. I'm not going to say yeah. what's right or wrong or what way to think. The whole point is to learn how to think, not what to think. Yeah. yeah. So when you say bigoted, you, you're you're starting with the conclusion that given her bigoted opinions. Yeah. So first, her, let's uh, start with. Does she have bigoted opinions?
1: Now, this is going to begin a back and forth between this teacher and the student. So the student's making these comments about J.K. Rowling, the controversy around J.K. Rowling, if you're not familiar with it, it's a very online kind of thing. But it's it's become a big deal because she has become a target of of people on the far left because of her views, particularly about women and trans women and how they're not the same and she's a woman who worked really hard for what she got and worked really she was homeless at one point wrote these stories got them published had to deal with all this stuff and she takes a lot of pride in that she accomplished these things as a biological woman So one day on the social media, she made a comment, and she lives in England, and some of the things going on there are the same as here. Now, her her politics, by the way, are are left. She is on the left of most issues. She's not a Christian person, okay? She's uh, got views that maybe many people disagree with. But the controversy around her revolves around her expressing views that— get labeled as transphobic or exclusionary or bigoted or whatever. And specifically, it's because she has said that she believes that women uh, should be in, in talking about prisoners in England. And she made a comment that said, hey, we shouldn't be putting rape convicted male rapists in women's prisons just because they claim that they are now women. And there have been these guys, they end up in the women's prison and uh, they end up raping more women in the prison because they're a woman, but they're apparently a male lesbian, and so they can do all of that. It makes no sense, right? And she's just pointing out that this is terrible for women, and she's on the side of women should be allowed to play women's sports. But she has also come out and been very thoughtful about people who are dealing with uh, trans issues and things like that and saying, hey, I'm not telling you how to live or how to do this, but I'm saying that there it matters that we have actual women. So she's part of that whole debate. Well, she's been brutally attacked online. She's referred to as a, a TERF, a it's called T E R F, Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. And the idea is that you are a trans exclusionary radical feminist if you do not believe that a trans woman is the same as a biological woman. So if you don't uphold that, if you don't think that a trans woman should have all of the exact same experiences and rights and even everything that goes with that as a biological woman, then you're a turf, right? And it's part of uh, this ideology that has been going around. So the student asks the teacher and just flat out says, hey, you know what? She's uh, she's made all these bigoted comments. Do you still read her books?" So people are banning her books and burning her books. There's all kinds of stuff. A lot of this is happening over there. And, uh, but she stood pretty firm on all of this stuff. This teacher, and he's getting a lot of uh, play because he calls the student out. The student calls her all this stuff, and he says, why do you believe that? And let me ask you this question. Do you have beliefs about anything that you just believe based upon who said it? like it can be, you know, in the politics. Do you believe things when they're said about Biden or Trump, for example, or any political figure based upon what side you're on or based upon what really happened? You know, is your opinion about different things, even in our our faith, in the Christian faith, is it because you really like the teacher who taught it, but did you ever really study it in the Bible? If there's, you know, controversy about it, do you just think it because You've heard it and you you don't want to deal with whatever it might mean if uh, your side is wrong about something or if it's debatable. That's part of the groupthink problem is that we end up making bad decisions in our life when we just listen to one side. We get in a bubble, right? We start to think that everybody thinks the way we think because the only people we ever talk to are people who think the way we think. You know, we only watch one brand of news. We only watch one brand of whatever. We only take one in one side and we never even seek to understand another side and then we just believe certain people because we find them trustworthy, even though they're people and they may not always be trustworthy, or they just might be wrong. And we don't take that into consideration. But it causes us to make bad decisions, have relational problems. It's a big problem in our country, I think, uh, in so many ways. So this is something where this teacher takes on this student, and I, I think a very kind way. So listen to this. So
3: when you, when
4: you say opinion, she has had a history of being extremely transphobic, I've heard.
1: Okay, I've heard. so he's, he's going to say I've heard she has a history, but he doesn't he doesn't actually know.
4: So when you when you say it, your she has had a history of being extremely transphobic, I've heard. And You've heard so what? Can you give me an example? Uh, if you look at her Twitter, I think um, you could see a few things. Um, if you want, I could try and find yeah, see something. If you can find see if you can find one. So one of these tweets that she came up with in 2019, she said, "Dress however you please. Call yourself whatever you like. Sleep with any consenting adult who will have you. Um, live your best life in peace and security. But force women out of their jobs for starting that. For stating that sex is real." So you find that bigoted? What do you find about it? Was, was it was deemed transphobic? I, like I myself. Do you find that transphobic yourself? Uh, I don't really have an opinion on it, but I'm just going with what a lot of other people have said. So a let's of,
3: pause it. Let's not go with what other people are saying. Let's try and learn how to critically think. So let's analyze the tweet ourselves.
1: So that is where he's going to take this student. And I thought this whole thing was was brilliant because, and you hear what this this young student says. He says, look, uh, I've heard what a lot of people said, so I just assumed it's true. And some people have deemed Some people have deemed that she's bigoted because of this tweet. Uh, Do you yourself think, well, I have no opinion. So you're going to go with this person is a terrible person, this person should be canceled, or this person should be banned, or you shouldn't read her books, or you shouldn't do anything, and you're going to support that because you've heard that it was deemed this way, but you don't even agree yourself. How often are we like that with different things?
3: So that statement, do you see anything problematic disregarding other people's opinions?
4: Um... She did try and pin some things on a, spef- a specific group of per- of people. Where does, she, where does she do that? do that? Can you read that? But force women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real. So when I hear that, I'm interpreting that as meaning if
3: a woman says that, you know, saying that there's a difference between men and female and then being attacked as transphobic, I think that's what she's saying by attacking someone for
4: stating that sex is real. That is exactly what she's saying. Is that transphobic to you? So, to me, no. Stating that sex is real is not transphobic, it's just a fact of life, it exists.
1: So what J.K. Rowling is doing, what got her in trouble, is by saying, no, there are men and there are women who are biologically made that way, and if you are trans – and she's not disrespecting – she would support most of the trans issues, actually. She's just saying that you can't say that someone who is trans is is the same that they're not the same, that, that surgically altered people or people who are having gender dysphoria or people they are not biologically changed just because they say so. And she's specifically talking about what's happened in the prisons where people are able to change prisons. We've got that going on here in different ways. And, and honestly, some people might be really dealing with that, but I think some people just make it up for a better situation for themselves. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We're talking about teaching critical thinking and how important that is. And the challenge I have for all of us, for you and me and everybody is, hey, how many things do we have? How many opinions Opinions do we have about people or about issues or about different things? Did we form just because we heard about it from somebody that we trust, just because we heard about it or it fits whatever sort of agenda that we might have or perspective that we might have on the world, but we never really looked at it. And here you have somebody who is accusing jk rowling of being transphobic and a bigot bigot is the word he used but he would never looked into it himself and now as he's doing this as the teacher is leading him through this he's discovering he doesn't actually agree with what he had heard
4: so is there anything you disagree with in that tweet uh in that tweet i can't really see anything that i myself disagree with but i can see why some people would think oh this is offensive. We can't have that here or something, because... Sure. Uh, there's an apology tweet. What um, she, let's read that. What did she say there? I haven't read that. I respect every trans person's right to live any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. I'd march with you if you were discriminated against on the basis of being trans. At the same time, my life has been shaped by being female. I do not believe it is hateful to say so. Do um, you see anything problematic there? She's apologizing, so no, not really. Um, if I If I could read it again.
1: See, he's going to struggle through this, and you see that this is such a... A nuance here in in all of this. And if you follow this, she's had death threats. She's had all kinds of personal threats. And uh, she's responded, you know, some people kind of sharply and deservedly, I think, through some of that. But she's also been very kind to the people who have really said, I'm trying to understand where you're coming from with all of this. And that has been well done. So what you're hearing is this teacher is leading the student in a critical thinking exercise. And now you're going to hear the student completely have a different opinion after a four-minute conversation. It
3: sounds like a, the same, a very similar statement as what she was just saying. She's basically saying, like, I have nothing, to me, this is what I interpret it as, I have nothing against someone being trans Live exactly. your life, but you just don't get to impose on my, you can live how you want, I can live how I want. Yeah. And let's all, you know. Exactly. So, I guess now, so now that we're looking at it like, oh, there's not much difference between me or her, do you, how, why do you, do you think it's fair that there's a, that she's being attacked by a large group of people and people are calling her, like you said, at the beginning of this conversation, you said, given the fact that J.K. Rowling is transphobic, how do you feel about Harry Potter? Now, yeah. retroactively looking at that statement, do you think that that was the best way to phrase
5: no, I feel
3: that's like an okay. idiot now. <laughs> well, it's okay, though, but this is why
1: we do this, to learn, to yeah. learn how to think. See, that's a, that's a really good example of how we, we should do this. And, you know, it's, we're living in a time where we just tear people down who are you presumed to have a different opinion or some kind of opinion. And we, in our, I don't even know if we use the word cancel culture anymore, but it's basically that. Somebody who has a unpopular, temporarily unpopular opinion, or we think they do, maybe they don't. We just assign that. I think for Christians especially, but for everybody, this can't be part of our way of doing life. And when we have you know, politics coming up, I think our politics would be better if we take a step back and we really ask, well, what did that person mean by that? You know, did Donald Trump really say what they're saying he said or did Joe Biden really say what they're saying he said? What I find a lot, and I try to do this for us on our show whenever we get into politics, is as much as possible I try to watch what I call the C-SPAN version of an event. So sometimes you see a clip of somebody, and it, we'll play a clip on the show, right, and it's something brief that they said. Well, clearly they said more in that environment. You know, what was that – what was the entire context of it? And sometimes you watch the entire context and you go, nope, the brief clip was accurately describing what happened. But sometimes that you realize, no, that clip was manipulated to make it sound like that person was saying this, that or the other. And that happens on both sides. That happens from all the news people, OK, that you go for. Sometimes it's deliberate. Sometimes I think it's just uh internal bias or it's that group think that happens, you know, and you can look at it through all kinds of other issues. Does does you know, does Joe Biden have the authority as president to control the border or not? Now, you might have an opinion about that based upon who you support in a presidential race or what you think about border issues. But what does the Constitution say? Have you looked it up? What does Title Eight say? Do you know what that what does it actually say? Because the Republicans say he doesn't need a new law passed. He can do it all right now. The Democrats say, no, he can. He needs this law to be passed. And they're going to argue about that. And but, you know, when whatever side you're on on that, have you looked at it? and what's there you know there are and from a christian standpoint you know something that's going on i wanted to address this too in in social media that happens and this happens in the college you go to college and and there's some professor there who sometimes in 15 minutes tears your faith apart because he's asking critical questions about the Scripture or about Christianity. And if we're not prepared for that, or if we've been sheltered from that or afraid of that, then sometimes people uh, lose their faith or they have to reevaluate. It can be very shocking. It can be that way on lots of different subjects. There's people on all kinds of different things, politics and you name it. They go and they watch the full version of what was actually said by somebody and it's impactful because you're shocked when you really investigate that it wasn't what you thought in the first place. You know, there are a couple of people right now who are getting a lot of popularity on social media. And so particularly with younger people, TikTok being one of the biggest apps out there. And there's a couple of guys out there who announce themselves as biblical scholars or scholars of religion. And what they do is they take a statement by some Christian somewhere and then they critique it. And what's interesting is from a scholarly standpoint, Sometimes what they say is accurate, and that might bother you, but it shouldn't. It's just the way it is. But sometimes what they're doing, and often what they're doing, is they're just tearing down the faith, and they make statements that are, that they say, they put their credentials out there. I graduated from this school, and I'm a scholar in the Bible and religion, and what this person is saying is wrong, and here's what the Bible's actually and they say all this stuff. And I watch this, and I go, how many people are believing this? Because here's the, here's the thing you got to think about this. In the process, some guy on TikTok is invalidating the Bible or invalidating Christianity, and this is why critical thinking is very important for all of us. The Bible, all right, has been studied and debated and attacked and affirmed more than any other document in history. Do you know that? There is more written and studied about the Bible than anything else in history, all of it. More than anything else, over thousands of years, and millions of people, and entire communities of people studying the Bible together, and volumes and volumes and volumes of commentary are written about the Bible, and throughout 2,000 years, the major theological tenets of Christianity have held up to all of that scrutiny, and you're going to tell me that some guy on TikTok who went to some Ivy League school just in five seconds is going to throw that all away? See, it's a very arrogant thing, you know, for them to just come out and say, nah, all these millions of people and 2000 years of more scholarship than there is about anything else. It's just all wrong." Cuz I took a class once at Yale. And uh, you know, what do we think about Ivy League education these days anyway? We don't think too highly about it. And this is really important for us to understand because you should not be discouraged if somebody comes out and they challenge something that you believe biblically. You should you should take the time to really investigate that cuz actually a couple of these guys that i watch you know sometimes 90% 95% of what they say is probably accurate actually and maybe you were taught something about a passage or talk talk you were taught something about a a translational process or or different things that have entered into scripture based upon the year that it was translated. Okay, so for example, uh in the King James Version sixteen twelve, I think it's Psalm one fifty, it talks about instruments, instruments that you play in worship, and uh it ends with playing the organ. Okay, now the word is the Hebrew word is pipes. Now if you are in sixteen twelve, you have a piccolo and I think maybe a flute was invented by then, but the pipe organ was a big deal. And so the translators put organs. Fine. It could mean organ. It's not wrong. But if you're living in a culture that has no piped instruments, uh, you know, or you only have a flute, you've never seen a pipe organ, it just doesn't, it's not that there is a cultural aspect to that translation. It doesn't mean the translation is wrong at all. It just means that everybody's bringing something in, and it doesn't change the meaning. It doesn't change anything about the necessity of the worship of God or who God is or how he wants to be. It doesn't change any of that. Sometimes that bothers people. Right that even christians well don 't be bothered by that, and certainly don 't toss the whole faith because of that and so some of these guys they do that same thing when you 're thinking critically about it. there is not going to be somebody who just shows up one day and makes an argument about your two thousand year old faith and uh, and it just invalidates it. I promise you it 's been thought of before, and it 's been worked out before, not just by other scholars but by entire communities of people, by entire groups of people. And that's something that for as far as Christianity is concerned, as far as your Bible is concerned, should give you a lot of faith in what the scriptures actually say and a lot of confidence to go into the scripture and say, well, what does it really say? And maybe something I was taught is it could be wrong, but maybe you just realize there's there's some different interpretations of some things that don't change the whole faith, that don't change the idea of salvation by grace, those kinds of things. We should not be afraid and the same is true with our faith, but it's also true with our politics, with any issue. Don't be stuck in group think. Think critically. It's a good thing. Hey, when we come back, I'm going to ask this question, what's 15 times 4? You've got a couple of minutes to figure it out. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. <laughs>
2: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at Pastorscott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. What is 15 times 4?
5: 15 times 4. Oh, gosh. It's 23. 23.
2: 48. 48.
5: 48. I 48. I was like 48. Why 40. 48? Like
1: Those were students who were recorded, asked, being asked the question, "What is 15 times 4?" These are students who are in college, okay, at Kennesaw State University. Uh, these are college students who come up. Four of them they come up with the answer 48. Speaking of groupthink, 15 times 4 is 48. What do you think uh, that is, Wilbur? What's 15 times 4?
6: Uh, that's
1: 60. 60. And uh, what do you think, Jose? It uh, was 15 times 4.
7: Let's see. 5 times 4. Carry that 2. Yeah, I got 60.
1: You got 60. See, you guys did that pretty quick. But here you've got some university students at uh, Kennesaw University who come up with a different what answer. What
5: is 15 times 4? 15 times 4. Oh, gosh. 28, 33, 23? 23. 20. 24. 20. 48. 48. Forty-eight. It's 48. I was like forty-eight before. I was
1: like forty-eight. way, forty-eight. They all—they all just agree it's 48. It's not even close. You know, how do you do this? Should be third grade. These are these are people in college who obviously should not be in college, right? They should not. My opinion is they should not have graduated. If you can't answer fifteen times four, you don't get to graduate. You go back until you can do third grade math. You know, these are times your times tables, right? Fifteen times four. It's not complicated but it is for them. And, uh, you know, this is just something that has changed. I went out and I found a eighth grade exam from 1912. Do you guys want to take an eighth grade exam from 1912? All right, here we go. This is from 1912. So 112 years ago, I did that math in my head just now. Uh Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. 528 if you would like to answer some of these questions, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Now in nineteen twelve, they didn't have a calculator. Even when I was a kid, right? There's we weren't we had calculators, but we weren't allowed to use them because there will never be a time in your life when you just always have a calculator with you. That's what they said. Uh they were wrong about that part. Uh what are you thinking, Jose? You're just ready for the questions?
7: Well, I told Wilbur when I was a kid I went to Kumon, so let's do this.
1: All right, all right. Now, what's that?
7: Kumon, that tutoring place.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So you got some extra help. All right. So on this exam, this eighth grade exam from 1912 from uh, Kentucky, okay, this is put out by the Bullitt County Board of Education, uh, Charles G. Birdwell, truant officer. He signs the bottom of that. Do we still have truan officers? Are they out there? Is that,
7: is that a question?
1: Yeah. Like, uh, are there people out there telling you to get out of the 7 and go to school if it's a school day?
7: No, I don't think so.
1: Because I had that. I went to a Christian school. You know, once in a while you had these uh, different holidays than the public schools, and uh, so I had the whole arcade to myself, and uh, so I met a few truant officers who I had to convince I had something else to do. All right, so you have history and you have civil government, f- physiology, geography, grammar, And arithmetic. So this is an eighth grade exam, no calculators, all right, and no internet, you know, if you're keeping score, right? Uh, All right, here you go. Uh, A man bought a farm for $2,400 and sold it for $2,700. What percent did he gain?
7: Now, is it multiple choice or is it, you know, you just got to give the answer? You just
1: have to give the answer. So they, they had not even invented multiple choice, apparently, at this time.
7: Man, I'm... I'm writing it right here on my paper. Can you read the question again? All
1: right, here's the question. Eighth grade right here. And I'm going to have to cheat myself. I can kind of do it in my head, but you know, I know what the fraction is. I know the equation, though, how to do it. A man bought a farm for $2,400 and sold it for $2,700. What percent did he gain? I'm going to say 125 Twelve point five. I think that is about right. So twenty four hundred to twenty seven hundred. Because I'm going to cheat. That's what. I, Yeah. Twelve point five. Good. Good one for Jose. We need like a bell or something. I don't think I have like a, a special uh, prize bell. But uh, there you go. So that's uh, that's one of those questions. I'm going to read some other questions for you. This is eighth grade, by the way. Uh, we put eighth grade education. People put a man on the moon, just so that we're aware of what this could have been. Uh, a school enrolled 120 pupils, and the number of boys was two-thirds the number of girls. How many of each sex were enrolled?
7: Can you repeat the question? Wilbur was doing the sound effect.
1: Oh, a school enrolled 120 pupils, and the number of boys was two-thirds of the number of girls. How many of each sex were enrolled?
7: Um, Say uh,
1: 33 or 34? That's
7: probably... No, wait. No, 60. You said two-thirds... It's, we're boys, right?
1: Uh, school enrolled 120 people. The number of boys was two-thirds the number of girls. So that sounds like... Uh,
7: what did it say? So two... Uh, let me see.
1: See, I might, maybe I don't understand the question. See, today I could get out of it because there are no girls and boys. It depends on what people say, right? So you can just change it. And you could probably write you're some kind of uh, bad person. 80 boys and 40 girls. That's what Colin says, I think. Is that correct? Oh. He thinks it's correct. Collins, educated part of our, our crowd here. This is eighth grade, so let's go on to the, uh, the grammar. It takes too long with the math, okay? But you kind of get the idea. Uh, here's the grammar. <clears throat> uh, William struck James. Change the voice of the verb. What does that even mean?
7: I don't even understand the question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Adjectives have many degrees of comparison. Compare good, wise, and beautiful. Eighth grade, like, this uh, is eighth a lifeline. Oh, I wonder if we could even do this in college. Geography, just to to make the point here, uh, locate the following countries which border each other: Turkey, Greece, Serbia, Montenegro, and Romania. Uh, let's see. Name and give the capitals of states touching the Ohio River. So first, you got to know where the Ohio River flows. I'm going to guess Columbus, Ohio, probably.
7: Yeah, and probably flows. You know, uh, I'm gonna say Pittsburgh, but that's wrong.
1: I think that. Well, I don't know. Maybe the river goes up that direction. Could be. What is the? No, I don't think that's the right river. It's a different river. Trying to think of my Mm. baseball stadiums. Are you? Are you following along here? This is This is an eighth grade exam. This is just where we've been. Just so when we talk about education and why it matters, remember these people are students at. Kennesaw University today asked, and they're asked the question what is 15 times 4, which is a third grade math question.
5: What is 15 times 4? 15 times 4. Oh, gosh. What's 23? 24. 48. 48. I say 48. I was like 48. I was yeah. like 48.
1: They all agree it's 48. And actually, based on uh, new critical thinking of these kinds of things, when you have when you deal with there's all kinds of critical thought right out there today, there's critical research theory, which says that there's nothing that's true. So if the group of them actually believes that it's 48, then it is, in fact, 48. That's where we are in in uh, in in 2024. This, by the way, is why doors fly off of airplanes. We don't need to put the bolts back in, in the door. We took it off, but it probably doesn't need the bolts, right? Yeah, probably, uh, uh, suction will just keep the door in. You know, did you put the bolts on? Yeah, I put them on, but I'm not going to go check, right? This is the, that's where this comes from. Physiology. I don't know if we even take this anymore in, uh, in grade school. We do, but not for the right reasons. Like there's a whole different physiology that they're trying to teach kids these days, uh, which should be out. Here's the physiology eighth grade exam. How does the liver compare in size with the other glands in the human body? Where is it located? What does it secrete?
7: All right, so I know the liver is located right here, kind of below your pec muscle, right? Or, yeah,
1: that's about right. If you're watching does... at kkla.com, you can get the, the graphical display of Jose pointing to his liver.
7: Uh, let's see. How does it compare to the other glands? Oh, man. I'm going to say it's bigger.
1: I'm sure it's, it's bigger. I think that's probably <laughs> my right. My
7: mom, my mom is probably mad at me right now. Well,
1: your mom is proud of you. You know where the, your liver is anyway. That's pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, let's see. Uh, describe the heart.
7: Man, the heart, right there on the kind of left leftish side, kind right of there right. by the chest area. Sure,
1: right. And describe it. What is it? You know, if we were going to build a heart, what does it do? man how would you how many rooms does it have in it
7: i'm gonna say four rooms yeah you're right See so yeah. you, that
1: extra tutoring you got paid off there <laughs> hey, this is the this is the eighth grade example so civil government this is what we need today right here we go define the following terms of government democracy limited monarchy absolute monarchy republic give examples of each
7: Democracy. I'm going to say the United States.
1: No, we're not. (laughs) We're actually not a democracy.
7: Um, absolute monarchy. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, isn't that Britain? The royal family. I
1: think they would be a limited monarchy. Uh, Probably even in 1912, things have changed. (sighs) But I think even in 1912, it was uh, it was limited. At that point, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure. They're they're a limited monarchy. Absolute monarchy. 1912, I don't know, Tsar of Russia or something might be considered that. Yeah, I failed. <laughs> you, you probably would have some or more of that. Yeah, we're a republic. The United States is a republic. It's very, very important that we recognize that, you know, so uh, it should give us a, uh, it should give us a lot of hope in our country when we see everything falling apart, but we we discover that we are actually uh, 50 states with 50 governors and 50 state houses and and uh, states have particular rights and the people have rights and actually the the constitution and our founding documents are not there for the government to tell you what to do they're there to, to limit the government that's a republic
7: Wilbur actually said it's in the pledge of allegiance
1: and to the republic yeah. for which it stands yeah somebody wrote this. see we stopped saying that now we don't even know what a republic is you know, uh, you know. Anyway, the whole point of this, and man, there's there are all these questions. This was eighth grade. We can get this back, by the way. You know, um, and we we can get to a place where Colin writes. Uh, calculators have made mental math extinct. That might be true. That might be true. Uh, but I think it also helps your brain. There are so many different things here. Anyway, my friends, hope is not lost. We just have to look back and go. What's what is the most important thing? You know, we it's not about graduating people so they can go to college and not know math. We've got to educate people so they can go to college and actually build things that stay put together. Uh, That's what you want. That's how you want to do it. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We've had big storms in California, including a a tornado watch going on in, uh, in San Diego. How have, it, how have you been affected? Give us a call, 888-528-2557. We'll be right back.
2: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at scott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, crazy weather out there. If you're in San Diego, you're listening on KPraise, some parts of San Diego, you got a tornado warning today on your phone. You ever get those warnings on your phone that just all of a sudden it starts beeping really loud and maybe if you're out in a restaurant or something, everybody's phone's going off. This is what it said. You know, for Southern California, this is the weirdest thing to me said, imminent extreme alert. The National Weather Service tornado warning in this area until 1215. Take shelter now in a basement or an interior room on the lowest floor of a sturdy building. If you are outdoors in a mobile home or in a vehicle, you know, say your prayers. No, I didn't say that. It said in a mobile home or in a vehicle, move to the closest substantial shelter, which is not your mobile home, and protect yourself from flying debris that 's what you got today in uh, in San Diego. Did you respond to that did you I don't, Does anyone have a basement? Somebody somewhere might have a basement, but uh, not too many basements here in Southern California because basements are bad for earthquakes. Uh, that's why we don't have them, because our our chosen natural disaster really sh- is earthquakes. Uh, let the tornadoes be, uh, be somewhere else. But anyway, I hope that didn't panic you too much. I think that that might have panicked uh, a lot of people. And the weather has been uh, pretty bad. Have you had to deal with something? Some friends of ours uh, got caught in a flash flood and it destroyed their minivan. And it's just happening in so many places, the landslides and all of that kind of stuff. You can give us a call, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I'm going to take uh, Sandra's call here. Sandra, you'd called about our last topic in, uh, in education. How are you, Sandra?
5: Fine. How are you doing, Pastor Scott? A pleasure talking to you.
1: I'm doing fine. How are you? Are you staying out of the, uh, the bad weather? Has it affected you in any way?
5: Uh, not really. I just drive safely. I just got home, and I was listening to your talk, and really, it's really um, uh, impressive that someone talks about it. Uh, I'm always talking to uh, the new generations, and uh, I test them, like you did right now. I test them, and um, it's really sad.
1: Hear that person. You're <laughs> that person going around asking people what's 15 times 4?
5: Correct, and other questions, and they don't know how to answer. It's really sad. I Believe it or not, I cry sometimes when they don't know how to answer, and they run to get their phone to get an answer. You know, I and think,
1: yeah, for the simple stuff, right, for 15 times 4, if you just joined us before the break, we played a a, uh, a video, an audio of college students who are asked what's well, 15 times 4, and they all got it wrong. They all said 48. and uh, Correct. You know, I, my contention is, 15 times 4. You shouldn't need a calculator for that. If you're in the third grade, you shouldn't need a calculator for that. Our guys here, Wilbert and uh, Jose, they got it right first try. You know, in fact, Wilbert got hey, a text yeah. from Wilbert got a text from his mom saying congratulations. No, Jose got a text. I mean, <laughs> or yeah, Jose got a text from his mom. So, uh, well, you know what, Sandra, just keep praying, and you you can realize. And I think maybe we're in a time where we are beginning to realize the importance of education, like actual learning uh, exactly. that, it, that it matters.
5: Pastor, I want to comment on something else. If you, if you listen to that, that recording that you used play, not only they've made a mistake and they didn't know how to answer, but the other group followed it. They yes. Followers.
1: Yes. And that is the point we've also oh. made is that uh, group think, and we're just going to, somebody else who's, maybe popular or who's perceived to be the smart person in the group, they say something and everyone else says, oh, okay, 48. If you say it's 48, it's a very Orwellian thing. Thank you, Sandra, for calling the Pastor Scott Show and for everything that you do. And, uh, you know, if you are a uh, student out there, watch out for Sandra. She's coming to ask you math questions. She's going to ask you some of those, uh, some of those word problems that we used to get that were pretty horrible. There's a far side joke somewhere that says it's called Libraries in Hell, and every book on the shelf is word problems, more word problems, fun with word problems. And (laughs) it's pretty funny, but, you know, you still should be able to think through all of that. All right, 888 528 2557. 888 528 2557. I hope that you're doing fine with the, uh, the weather. We have had, uh, uh, just tremendous rain and stay away from the the rivers all right all of that people have been lost in there it's going it's moving so fast uh you you won't survive it if you get in there probably uh there were some rescues today i saw i don't know that uh you know what all the details were i'm just seeing it on the news in the picture without sound um it is wise. I think a lot of people stayed home today, too, which I think is also good. It's helpful for those of us who have to commute, right? But uh, did you guys find uh, the freeways were empty today as well? I did.
6: Yeah, it's it's nice. Uh, it's empty, but it's still driving pretty slow because everyone's scared.
1: Yeah, because everybody's – well, not I on don't my, blame them. I you, am, too. Yeah, not on my trip in. Everybody's – but, uh, you know, I came in a little later today. And, uh, you know, well, about like 10 o'clock. And uh, it was pretty clear.
6: I think uh, Jose mentioned happening to me earlier, though. I was driving, and I had one hand on the wheel, and it did the little skirt thing on the, you know, where the... Oh, yeah, where you get the little hydroplaning going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, both hands went right on.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably good in this weather to do that. Some people here, though, have you ever driven on uh, black ice? I have not. Oh, see, that's a whole different thing, uh, the black ice, because you don't even see it. You're driving down the road, and all of a sudden, you're no longer on the road at all. You're just sliding around, and... uh, you know that is uh, that is a whole nother thrill. You should try that one time. First time I ever drove on black ice, uh, it was I was in high school, and a friend of mine. He was older than the rest of us. He got his driver's license in December of sophomore year of high school, and his birthday gift. His birthday was in December, of course. Was I think it was a 1969 Chevy Nova with a V8 engine and no seatbelts. Pretty sure.
6: Jose's being so cautious right now that he's not driving in the carpool lane.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good, Jose. And uh, I drove, we drove up to Wrightwood to go skiing or something, and then on the way back, I drove that thing, and uh, that was an experience uh, driving uh, that vehicle in all of that. So uh, it's good to be a good driver. I don't know that the, the self-driving cars would do well with that.
6: I, I don't think so. So my car has that auto lane thing where it keeps you in the lane if you can see where the like markers it, are. It
1: beeps at you if you change lanes without yeah, signal Yeah, but it can't on. read yeah.
6: the lanes right now because it can't tell where the lines are.
1: Yeah, it can't see it.
6: I'm like, these self-driving cars can't be safe right now.
1: Well, yeah. It's uh, Anyway, be be safe out there, uh, everybody, and, and pay attention to the weather, all of that. I think it's wise that uh, you're staying home and uh, hopefully you're not getting in trouble. I had a nightmare the other day that uh, I just went on vacation and forgot to tell any of you all. Uh, and then it sort of dawned on me. It's like I don't think I told the station that I'm on uh, I'm on vacation right now. And uh, that was uh, not the best dream. All right, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. See, all of this is our theme for this hour. Has been talking about critical thinking, the ability to assess a situation and actually pay attention to um, what kinds of answers there might be. It's about wisdom. If you're going to pursue something in your life my friends. You know, it's not enough to pursue knowledge. You've got to pursue wisdom. Wisdom will tell you how to deal with whatever knowledge you have, and it will also alert you to maybe the knowledge you think you have is not correct. And that is, you know, if you're going to say a prayer, the Bible tells us that whoever asks, James tells us, whoever asks for wisdom, the Lord will, will give it generously. If you're in a situation in life where you need some wisdom, ask the Lord for it. Say, God, Give me wisdom. You can even say, God, you know what? I don't even know if I where I'm at with you. Uh, James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should also you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. Which I like that part because it's like uh, I'm not going to give you you wisdom because you're already an idiot. Uh, it, God doesn't talk that way to us. Um, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. The person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded. You know, and, and I think, you know, to put that into some context here, it's when you ask God for wisdom, I think you do get the answer. But if you doubt, you're just going to blow it off. Right? It won't do you any good. You, I think in most situations, a lot of situations we probably already know what the wise thing to do is. And then we tell ourselves, well, you know, is it legal or not? Is it ethical or not? Is it right or wrong? Is it moral? We ask those kinds of questions. And that can that can lead to a lot of different answers from different people, right? And if you're going to ask God for wisdom, then you've got to believe he's going to give it to you. And then when you get the the sense of what that is, you just got to take it, even if it's not what you wanted to hear, which so often is the case, but when you make wise choices in your life, and that can be as simple as, should I work from home today or should I drive in? If you've got the ability, the option of working home uh, from home, that is such a positive thing you know, to, to be able to do that and say, hey, I'm going I'm to stay home and stay off the roads. It's helpful to everybody and keeping you and everybody else safe. And when it comes to critical thinking and that idea and you hear something, you know, if you're wise, you're going to say, you know, should I trust this information to be true? Should I accept what I'm hearing? You know, and you ask good questions when you're being wise. You say, am I accepting this just because, based upon who said it, or am I basing this upon what's true? Because when you operate in reality, your life is a lot better. When you operate in a world that is the way it is, and there's people out there who will tell you there is no reality, but that's wrong. Eventually, discover no, there's reality. You know, 15 times 4 is not 48. It is 60. And r- reality, if you if you decide and you make a decision, like an engineering decision, based on sixteen times, 15 times 4 and you think it's 48, whatever you're building will fall apart because reality, it is 60. Uh, Donna just called from Santa Clarita. I saw your comment here. She said that everyone is obsessed with being popular before critical thinking and giving back. I think that is right. You know, sometimes we're afraid to ask questions because we are afraid of being canceled or being or not being part of whatever the the uh, status quo is or other things. You can't do that. Your life will always be better when you live with wisdom, when you live in actual reality. That includes spiritual reality, which is the same thing. There is a spiritual truth. We believe that Jesus is the Savior, that he's exactly who he said he was. And if you don't know that, I'd love to hear from you and help you understand who Jesus is. It's the wise thing to do to ask what is true spiritually. You can give me an email if you'd like, Pastor Scott at KKLA.com, Pastor Scott at KKLA.com. You can also follow us on social media at Pastor Scott Show on X, Twitter, and, uh, which is Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm trying to list them all off, but wherever you are in your socials, just look for at Pastor Scott Show. Give us a follow. All right. We'll see you tomorrow from three to five. God bless everybody. Drive safe. Have a
0: good night